A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome everybody to another episode of As Told by Nomads. Today's guest is Sean Kim. Now Sean is the CEO of Ripe. What up, what up, what up? Now he's he's, uh, he's, uh, someone that's running a high growth business online while building a 100% distributed company and easier to talk about unique travel hacks to remain productive while on the road. Welcome to the show, Sean. What's up, guys? Thanks so much for having me. The pleasure is mine. And for those listening, I've been using I've I I used Ripe for six months before I before I stopped to learn um to get the conversational Spanish. And you know, Ripe is this amazing language platform that offers quality one-on-one language lessons on a monthly membership model. And and, and that's the company that, that Sean runs that does that for Spanish as well as French. But I'll let you sort of dive into what led you to really creating such a unique platform for travelers and culture seekers and curious-minded individuals. Yeah, no, I mean, I, pre- I really appreciate the plug. I mean, I think most people would personally probably find more value in in the story of what led us creating Ripe itself, which is uh, about two years ago, uh, I was really in a big slump. Um, it, it, you probably won't believe that. And I don't really actually talk about this too much. So this is probably one of the few times where you'll hear it online where in like a span of six months, um, I failed at my first real business where we raised money from investors and really tried to go through the whole mile. And then I want to, wanted to go get a traditional job. So about three months later, I went to go and got the whole visa, you know, rented out my place in Toronto and, and really wanted to move my life back to, uh, into the U S and I got rejected. So I got sent back to Toronto and was essentially homeless for like a month and, and a half because wasn't able to get in. I wasn't able to work, wasn't earning any income, didn't have a place to live and probably one of the worst moments in my entire life. And it was at that moment where I actually booked a one-way ticket to go to Buenos Aires. And for anyone that's read the book, uh, The 4-Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss, um, I'm assuming most of your audience has read something like that. If not, 
I would highly recommend it. And that really inspired me to go just on the other side of the world to explore what else is out there. And I was completely terrified. I think I had like $700 in my bank account at that point. And um, funny story is, <laughs> at the time in Argentina, they had this uh, currency arbitrage where I think a dollar was worth 8.5 pesos. And in the black market, you can actually go into the street where you can exchange it. And sometimes it would go, a dollar would be worth 15. So I would, I would immediately double my money essentially just going out into the market. And that's kind of how I survived until um, I ended up getting my first consulting gig. And essentially as I started to travel, uh, I realized that there was a big market and a big really missing gap where there was a marketplace of trusted professional language teachers and I essentially I wanted to scratch my own itch wanted to solve something where people that are busy like myself people that are working professionals can also learn a language without paying thousands of dollars at a language school and while also not being limited to something that is just a software-based app like Duolingo Wow! Wow! It, it, it's funny that you know when you're saying that story because it's, it's such a story that a lot of people listening in the in the audience right now resonate with. It's it's the fact that you have that that entrepreneur story where you had nothing and you you had that bridge where you had to choose if you should still follow passion and try something else or go get the traditional job. And you, even with that little amount of money in your bank account, you booked that one way ticket. And I'm curious as to what that mindset was. What made you say, I'm going to book a one-way ticket, even though I'm in my worst possible situation right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, it, it was hard to explain to a lot of my friends, to be honest with you, because so I was living in Toronto at the time, and all of my friends, you know, had great jobs. They were working in banking. They had great consulting gigs. And you know, it was the first time where they were making money, but I, I had no money because I didn't even have a job at that point. <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll be honest, it, it was partly like, you know, I, I kind of want this escape. And I was almost ashamed at that point because I felt that a lot of my friends were moving ahead in their careers. Well, while I was just all of these events, like getting kicked out of the US, failing in my first business, you know, I also dropped out of university throughout this whole point and, and keep in mind I'm Asian right so <laughs> not having a degree when you're Asian is like the worst thing possible uh, to, my, to my family yeah uh, for all for anyone that's listening out there that's also coming from a conservative family so for me it was an escape uh, at a certain point and, and to tell you the truth the, the trip was actually supposed to be for a month and a half where at the end of the trip I was going to go to Machu Picchu for uh, like a rondo trip and then, you know, go back to Toronto and figure out my life as most people would. And at the end of September, what happened was someone, uh, the, the person that's organizing the trip told me that they had to cancel the trip and extend it to December, which is what led me to figure out a way to earn income and turn that trip from a month to three months. And then you know, as a story, as I'll share later on, the trip went from three months to six months, six months to 18 months. And 
now two years later i'm still traveling around different places around the world so it's it's been an amazing experience it's i love that you're sharing this because i recognize that struggle that that struggle of i also come from a conservative i'm a foreigner you know nigerian parents are very right. similar in the sense that you if you go to america you need to be a doctor lawyer or just have some degree that's worthy <laughs> of coming back home and i can say my son did look at my son look at what he has done look at what he has done he has gone to america and he has come back with all these degrees so you know that that you know that that, that was something so me being the old, accent <laughs> well i mean that was the first accent i ever had so yeah. it, it was me growing up in this and me being the oldest of three boys and also getting an MBA and actively choosing to basically be, be broke while I figured out what my business would be. And I, I remember having to remind myself during those periods, like, make sure you are really firm in your why, which is what Simon Sinek says a lot, because you can't afford to compare yourself to the bankers. Like, I, you know, I got an MBA, I was a banker or an investment banker or a consultant. And I, I love that that conviction that, that, you know, entrepreneurs have is when people stick through it and say, this is what I want to do and they dare to be different, even though it's tough, I find that there's some value in that tough time that actually strengthens you as you eventually find your purpose because then you you know what a tough time is and you're able to adapt. In your situation, your trip was extended for a few months. You're like, okay, I got to figure out a way. I got to figure out a way to get, get money. And then that, I feel like, runs through the through your entrepreneurship thread even now as you're running ripe. Oh, my God, 100%. I mean, it's it's easy saying this now, but I – I, I'm so glad I actually had that experience because it's it's tough to know if you are truly meant to be an entrepreneur mm. unless you go through all this. Am I allowed to swear in your podcast? Yeah, you can swear. You can swear. <laughs> you know, unless you go through all this shit and still want to do your own thing and not have and go back to the traditional jobs that your friends have, you know, up north. So it, it really was a validation for me, a confirmation that this is what I want to be doing for the for the rest of my life mm. instead of working for the man or uh, working for making someone else's vision come true. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Um, let's talk about Ripe now. So the idea for Ripe began to, to come when? In, what point in this journey when you were out there did you develop this seed? Like, I got to create this platform. Yeah, so it, it, you know, it really came when I started to get more of a rhythm going, you know, so we talked about me being in Buenos Aires and extending my trip. And eventually I gained up enough confidence where I'm like, you know what, I can probably stay for another six months or another 12 months. And because I was so worried about just getting my finances correctly, I never actually took the time to learn Spanish. And I like realized like three months in, I was like, you know what, I should probably learn how to speak the languages of the countries that I'm visiting or I'm not going to have as great of an authentic experience as, as, I, as I should. And that's when I really started to stumble because I still had a nine-to-five job, which 99% of people listening to this uh, will when they're trying to learn a language. So I didn't have that much time, nor even if I did, uh, you know, for me, it was impossible to go to a language school and, and just go into a fixed schedule where from nine to five, I was sitting in a classroom and, you know, with 10 other people and, and having to spend that time learn from Monday to Friday. It just, it really was not the type of, uh, workaround that I wanted. So 
as I started to look for these different solutions, you know, I tried everything from mobile apps like Duolingo. I would go and purchase Rosetta Stone and tried everything possible. And keep in mind, I was living in this foreign country, right? What a lot of people don't mention is even if you, just because you're living in a foreign country, it doesn't guarantee that you're going to be able to speak a language fluently. Like that's, that's half the job, but you have to go out and actually practice and get out of your comfort zone and speak to people. And, you know, for me, I don't know if this is for you, but every time I would try to uh, go out and talk to people, I would, I would suddenly blank out. And that until I actually found one of my teachers in Buenos Aires, who was one of my first teachers, and she really was able to help me out in, uh, in the best way possible. But a month later, I would move to Colombia. Um, but we still kept in touch and we would still be able to continue from exactly where we were. At. And that's kind of when the light bulb hit which is I'm in this foreign country where it should be super easy for me to learn a language, but I'm still not able to with the current solutions that are out there. So why don't I create a platform where only the trusted teachers that have been handpicked can teach students from all around the world, right? Not just physically, because most people don't have the time to go and drive somewhere, but from the comforts of your home where you can leverage technology like Skype and your mobile phone and allow people to learn on the go anywhere at any time. And, you know, this is eventually it evolved into what we have today. No, and, and it's, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. Um, it, it's such a great platform because for me, I, I, like you, I live in Washington Heights and I, you know, I'd, I'd learned French growing up. So, you know, I, I could, I could speak that, you know, um, on the, at an intermediate level, I can speak that at an intermediate level, I should say. And I was, I'm living in this area in New York City called um, Washington Heights, and it's known mm. for having a lot of Dominicans. And I kept saying to myself, I'm building the, this business, and I'm very, very busy. But I think it'll be nice to just sort of just talk in the language of, uh, you know, if, you know, a lot of my neighbors. And I just started to look at different platforms. So I did look at all mm. these platforms, and I came across. Chris Ripe, I can't remember. It was probably through an ad or something because I was typing up Spanish things and you must have some targeted things because it was like, yeah, you want to learn Spanish. You should check out this. (laughs) I was like, okay, I'll check it out. So I did it and I love the fact that it could really work my schedule because many times I didn't know Mm. if I would be free in the morning or night. So picking a time uh, with the the instructors you had was, was so cool. So I started to dive into that but funny enough, that wasn't what sold me. What sold me was your blog posts. You, you write a lot about productivity. You've interviewed some of the leading influencers in the world from you know, the New York Times best-selling authors like uh, Robert Greene, who I love, Mastery, mm. go read that book, uh, Jason, Jason Fried, Michael Gerber, Lewis Howes, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, and more. And I was like, I thought this was a language platform. I know. <laughs> so either way, I just found myself reading five blogs in there. I was like, all right, fine. I like, I like Sean. Um, I'm just going to buy into that. So that's what sold me. Uh, it wasn't even the language. It was the fact that you were sort of had this big mission in place. Can you talk about that? Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm so glad you brought that up because we we actually had this email thread that goes out, which is, especially when we first started, we would literally ask every single person out there from the customers that have joined us, to the people that have joined our email list, because we wanted to reverse engineer and figure out 
why people actually never ended up learning a language or people why people never even started because rarely it's the actual because there's a lot of how to's right i mean there is so many solutions out there that will answer your questions i mean you type up how to learn spanish and you get millions and millions of answers so the problem is rarely how to right i mean people can search up how to lose weight how to gain more muscle how to make more money but the system was not available for people that are regularly leading busy lives, which is 99% of us. And as you know, I've interviewed some of the most influential people that are high performers from entrepreneurs to New York Times bestsellers that are you know, working 60 to 100 hour work weeks, managing 100 to 200 people. And, and yet these people are still able to find time to learn new skills, to learn new languages, and the difference is that the people that are not learned, like one of the biggest reasons that we found and the biggest obstacles is that people think there's not enough time because most people associate learning a language with language schools. Unfortunately, that's still the traditional way. So I'm obsessed with productivity. I'm obsessed with time management and finding out how we can maximize the results and the outputs that we have with as little input and with as little time and activities as possible. And I mean, the, the studies have shown that learning a language with a human being and actually immersing yourself and practicing not just languages, but really any skill, it, it's the best way to learn anything. And it's what help, it's our brain. It's, it's what's going to retain the most information. And what we've done at Ripe essentially is combine that information and the, and the studies that have proven that by offering these one-on-one -on -one private language lessons that's personalized to you, but also combine that with making sure that in the most efficient way possible, you can fit it into your lifestyle and your busy schedule. Yeah. And as you know, as a user of Ripe as well, uh, you know that you know we have teachers from all all around the world, which means you're not limited to someone's own availability here in your local city, but you can work with someone in Europe. Uh, I mean, uh, as you know, I'm currently in Barcelona right now to someone in Australia. And no matter how busy you are, you're able to find the slots on Ripe to have a lesson with the teacher. And of course, you can do it anywhere you want because you have, you know, your own computer and your own mobile app. Um, so, so the point is like the system is there and it's really designed for people to find uh, – to fit it into their – and integrate it into their lifestyle, which is the hardest part for most people. Yeah, yeah. And the, the thing, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, the great thing about Ripe is you can take as many classes as you want once you pay that monthly fee. Now, I know you probably got some slack for that, Sean, because I don't know if you're leaving money on the table. But <laughs> for the user – I found that that was that was fascinating to me because you could actually have classes seven days a week if you were that committed, and end up paying. Uh, you know, depends on what your plan is, a hundred or ninety five dollars or something like that. And that's 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 really really cool. I mean, anyone listening out there, if you think that you don't have enough time to immerse yourself, think about talking to a native basically every day for mm. like a hundred dollars or like your phone cell phone bill. That's incredible value right there um, in, in your in your platform. You though, I would I'd be curious to hear how you've learned languages with your busy platform. Maybe you can share like two or three tips if you have some. 
Yeah. So what most people do, and, and I think you're, you're like the perfect example of someone that's just seen enormous results in such a short amount of span. I mean, I think we followed up with you uh, from like, from like, I think a little bit after. I, I don't think we followed up with you from day zero, but I know it was like a month. And like a month later, already you were able to have a conversation with someone uh, in, in the language that you're learning, which was like amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, we get that not everybody has time every single day to learn. And that's not that that's totally OK, because most people mistaken binge learning and think that quantity is, is better than consistency. Mm-hmm. But consistency will always, always, always beat out quantity and it's similar to going out to you know getting getting in shape and it's probably the best analogy which is you can go to the gym on you know friday and work out for three hours or four hours but chances are your body will just be completely burnt out and you're gonna it's it's just it's just not the ideal way to actually get in shape versus someone that commits to three times a week let's say for 30 minutes you're spending less time at the gym and you're getting more results. Your body is feeling and getting used to the rhythm of actually going out and getting more fit. And you're able to not sacrifice the important things in your life, like spending time with your family or anything like that. And that's probably the best analogy that I can give anyone and that I personally use to learn, which is, you know, each of our lessons are as little as 30 minutes. So this is as long as the interview that we have listened to this time, you could have had you know, a private professional teacher come and coach you on how to learn uh, the language that you want to learn. Yeah. And, you know, what we do offer is the ability to schedule ahead of time as well. So, you know, you can schedule two, three lessons out and just keep that consistent schedule based on when your availabilities are. And that's what I would just, that's the number one rule I would, I would recommend. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I mean, it's consistency over... Uh, trying to fit in a binge number of lessons at one time. Consistency over binging. And for those listening, it's ripeapp.com, right? 
Yeah, that's ryapeapp.com. 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 And I'll put that in the show notes for people to to catch. How many languages do you speak? At least on a conversational level. I know that that can be tricky because that's you know there's varying levels of fluency, but. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I would say, I mean, I was born in Korea, so I came to uh, Canada when I was about seven, eight years old. So I've, I was already able to speak Korean at that time, um, but I was forced to learn English at the age of seven or eight, <laughs> and <laughs> which and I was still people are a little surprised that I can speak English at all. Um, and then, you know, I, I speak a little bit of French because I lived in Montreal for four years, uh, went to McGill and, and Spanish. Yeah, so Spanish, Korean, um, English, which is surprising you said, and a little bit of French. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. But, you know, I'm always trying to expand and always trying to learn more, as just like you and your listeners, I'm sure. No, absolutely, love it. And, and, and no, I just, I just wanted to share that. Can, and so as we're going into the second half of this interview, there's my favorite article that you wrote was titled 10 Questions That Dramatically Changed Your Life and Your Business. Mm. And it, you, you touched on those points earlier. And I mean, you start the article saying, a few years ago, I was in a dreary situation that I didn't know how to get off. I was not passionate about what the work I was doing. I wasn't surrounding myself with the right people. I felt like a hamster running in circles, which is an analogy you've used earlier today. So yes. I'm very, very interested in this in this particular uh, mindset where you, you're, you're an entrepreneur, you're a millennial, and you, you're absolutely adamant about following your passion, but you're not quite sure how to articulate it. What were those questions? How did those, how do you suggest that people in the same situation listening to this podcast approach their business and their situation with the same amount of um, fervor that you had while you were questioning yourself? Right. So now, is this for people that already have a business that's up and running, or is this someone Someone's, that wants to get a business? No, someone that's in, in the same situation you were in. They're like, I don't mm. want to be in my job. I, I feel like there's no passion. And I don't feel any love, and I've, I've just got to find a way to break out this rut. Gotcha, gotcha. So, a lot of here is going to be, this is actually going to be contrarian, which is don't actually follow your passion, follow the problems that you've incurring in your life. Huh. Interesting. And I think Mark Cuban also says this a lot, which is follow, don't follow your passions, follow your effort, meaning that. Uh, there's also a great book about this by Cal Newport, which is Be So Good They Can't Ignore You. I highly recommend uh, everybody to check that out. And he talks about this exact craft, meaning that a lot of us have passion in doing – and this is this is especially for business. I mean I, I highly recommend you just follow your passion when it comes to art. But if we're talking strictly about creating a business, I think um, there's a lot of people that want to follow their passions like – you know, maybe your your passion is knitting or your passion is, um, you know, getting in shape or your passion is da da da. But most of the time, the problem is that it's not an actual business that you can create around versus for me, what I've done is I follow the problem that I personally faced, which is I was traveling around. I was living in a foreign country, but I didn't find I couldn't find any other ways to learn a language. And this is something that I've been able to reverse engineer and solve a problem for myself. 
right? What, a lot of the times when you're passionate about something, there's not really a problem there because you spend so much time understanding everything that you can't really look at the solution from the customer's perspective, right? Versus for me, when I was creating a language learning business for myself, which is specifically targeted towards, you know, busier professionals, that's generally our target market, which is the target market that I'm in, I knew exactly what to create because every little feature, every teacher we brought on, the way we've worded ourselves was from my own perspective. And it was probably one of the easiest ways to launch the business. You know, I'm not I'm not like an expert language learner, um, nor have I been truly, you know, completely passionate head over heels about the linguistic industry or anything like that. Right. I had a problem that I wanted to solve for myself. And I followed that into creating a business and I was able to communicate in a way that customers that who's never even had in any interest about learning a language was able to really empathize with by, for me, being able to understand how they're able to think. Oh, no, no, that's, that's pretty cool. And, and, and you're exactly right. You know, the, some of the questions to add on what you were saying, you know, what would this look like if it were, if it were easy um, what can you do to reach your 10 year goal in the next six months, which is that's mm. pretty ambitious. If this oh, was, yeah. this is your last day on earth, what would, um, would you be proud of this? That for me was the question that I asked myself mm. before I made my pivot because I had just had a near death experience and I was wow. 20, 22 and I was like, that was the question I asked myself. I, is this Tyro? You're going to go out like this? What have you done? You haven't done anything you said you're going to do. So I think that, I think that's pretty cool that you're saying that. And, and there is that, that idea of, following your effort um and i'm, I'm glad that you that you, you talked about that what what was the near-death experience that you had well i was i was i had this i was 22 and i was i taken this job that i i hated because 85 people rejected me so i had 85 job rejection so i just took the first job and like you i was i needed a work visa so i was like all right fine they're gonna give me a work visa and so uh, two years into this job i was driving to work and then this car swerves into my lane and all of a sudden, it cuts into half, and then I hit the left guardrail and the right guardrail, and I'm spinning out of control, and it's in the highway, and it's drizzling, and I hit one car, two cars, three cars, and I'm about to lift off the bridge, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this, 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 this is happening, this is happening. And I somehow I was able to get out of that um, with my car totaled with me unfazed, but in the middle of all that, I was like, wow, you haven't done anything. So I got out in complete shock. Didn't need to go to the hospital, but I just took that as a second chance to just like, okay, I whatever. Whatever I need to do, I'm going to go into that direction. Not quite sure what it is, but I'm going to find it out. And like you, I moved. Didn't quite know what it was. I knew I've always wanted to do media and consulting, but mm. I just went to the area where I felt the most energy, and that was that was New York City. And I just, just went there, and I was like, I'll figure it out. And then just followed that effort and continued to just do stuff. And then the podcast came out of that. Um, and then, you know, it just sort of snowballed into that. But it's very much what you're saying, because I didn't have a clear idea. I just had sort of all these goals, but no immediate next steps. So, Dude, that's amazing. Wow. That's, <laughs> I had no idea that happened. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't. I mean, I, I've started talking about it more and more. People never... I, 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 I always hope people don't have to have that much of a wake-up call because that's a very <laughs> dramatic thing. But um, it, is, it, is, it is one of those things. I mean, I think we're close in age, but it's, you know, I'm still in my 20s, and it's one of these things where 
we have a different time period now. You know, this digital mm-hmm. age, and we're very entrepreneurial. But I feel like we are. If we use the right tools, we can spread the right messages. And I'm, I've been fascinated with that concept, being a, I, a voice of that generation. Yeah, please, go ahead. Can I actually say something there? Because I think, uh, just like you said, I, I think it's we're living in probably one of the most interesting and exciting moments that has ever existed, meaning that we can talk to someone across the other side of the world, whether it's Australia, whether it's in Russia, in a matter of seconds, just pushing a button. And companies can now be formed in, you know, in a matter of minutes or even, you know, not minutes, but, you know, very, very quickly with just an idea. There's tools, resources, the infrastructure that's there for us to really create anything. And, I, and here's the thing, like it's such an exciting thing and there's never been more businesses or side hustles and side projects that have been created. But the number one tip that I've been uh, that I've received from some of my mentors and some of the people that have built, you know, eight to nine figure businesses is because it's so easy to create a business. What's been happening is that there is this inflow of businesses that have been created anywhere, like from, from everything, right? You know, there, it's so easy to create a business. So every day there are thousands and thousands of businesses being created. But the problem is most people, and that the, the ability to create all these businesses has has resulted in a lot of these investors coming in and people giving you real money because they want to get into the gold rush. And what I would recommend is the same advice that Richard Branson gives everyone, which is protect the downside. And I also talk about this as one of the questions that really changed our businesses. Whenever you're doing anything or creating a business or getting into new deal structure, Figure out and ask the ask the first question that you should be asking yourself is how do I protect the downside? And hopefully you're getting into an opportunity or situation where there's unlimited upside, right? Hopefully your business can 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 grow so fast and it'll change your life. But in risky situations like this, where you're running a high fast growth business, you also want to think about the worst case scenario. And so there's a story about how when Richard Branson started Virgin Airlines, he actually uh, called up Boeing and created a, a custom deal that's like never been created before, where if at 12 months the business did not work and he wanted to return the airplanes, he could just return it. He didn't have to pay for anything or do any of that. No, no sunk cost essentially. And that allowed him to take even more risk into making sure that the airline business that he created was going to be successful because, um, you know, it's it's at the end of the day, he wasn't going to lose anything. And I think today with this ability, like the whole Mark Zuckerberg movement and Snapchat with billionaires that are in their 20s, a lot of people have this mindset of going big or going home. And some of the most successful entrepreneurs and leaders that I know are actually very conservative. You know, they they calculate and make decisions based on, um, you know, smart outcomes and they always have a way to protect the downside. And that's just I think that's probably one of the most important lessons that you can learn when before you're starting a business. No, I love that you're saying that. I know what you mean by downside, but for those that might not understand, when you say protect your downside, what are you saying downside is? 
So it could be it could be very different. You know, for Richard Branson, it could have been losing millions and millions of dollars at the end of the day by buying the airplane itself. But he was able to protect the downside, quote unquote, by having the option to return the plane and pay zero dollars or a couple thousand dollars or something like that um, and deal uh, 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 infrastructure, something like that. Right. And it's going to be different for every person. So. You have to know, like certain businesses, I think a lot of people are getting way too much capital, let's say, uh, in their business. And that leads to, in the worst case scenario, investors coming in and taking over their company. Or um, there are people getting into partnerships where it's just not the best outcome for them. And in the long run, it's not going to help them actually build a successful business. So I think we just have to get out of that mindset of go big, go home. And... I think, you know, it's such an unsexy thing to say, right? Because no, I, I hate you're right. <laughs> but like, it's like, it, you know, you, you have to be uh, conservative in the worst case scenario so that you can go big on the on the upside of whatever you're trying to do. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, and, you know, the interesting thing about what you're saying, and I think throughout all these pieces of advice you've given, it's it's you, you really need to understand what you want to do and what your mission is. Now, many people have different approaches. You've got the Bransons and you've got the Steve Jobs and, and the Elon Musks. You know, they're different styles. But at the end of the day, you know, what's going to get you through the tough and the good times is, is staying true to the core of your mission. I, I think the mission of RIPE for you is, is probably not just language learning. You, I think there's a connectivity that you're trying to achieve. But, uh, you know, I, I'm sure that that's always in the back of your mind. So even as you're doing something now, you you have an idea of what five, ten years will look like, but you're building the solid foundations that will allow you to get there. You're not losing sight of, of what that big goal is, but you're also appreciating the, the moment that you're in right now. Oh, yes, 100%. I mean, I, I part of it, I mean, this kind of goes back to protecting the downside. You know, I think um, when you're talking about uh, how Airbnb started, they started in New York and they made sure that they had a foundation there uh, and, and, you know, now they're all over the world. They're doing Airbnb experiences. Facebook didn't start out globally. They started out with just Harvard students and they protected the downside so that if anything came wrong, it would just affect those small groups of people. So it's almost kind of like things, things smaller before you can go bigger. And as you said, for 100 percent, I mean, I think in, in the future we are going to expand into more industries um, we, we have a very big vision of what we want to do with Ripe. And, you know, I'm, I'm just so excited whenever someone comes into our community and can participate in that journey. Absolutely. Now, and, and I can't recommend, recommend this platform enough. RipeApp.com got me to conversation with Spanish in, in five months. But It's uh, insane, man, what you did. It's oh, insane. <laughs> no, I was, I was just, you know, I was just, it was just really, really, really um, inspired. And the reason why I subscribed again was once again was your if you got to subscribe to this blog by the way it's when you get all these productivity blogs continuously telling you that time time is not in a, not have enough time is not is not an excuse and you're listening and you're watching all these interviews from some of these brightest minds you can't help but feel inspired so it was a it's a unique combination you have and I and I like the the mental uh, mentality that that plays into someone because they subscribe to your platform and they also listen to Ripe and they're like, well, the CEO's doing this. Who am I? So um, <laughs> I love it. I love it. And as we get ready to wrap up here, can you talk about 
maybe you know the biggest lesson that you've you've learned and then we'll wrap up with where people can find you the biggest lesson i have learned as an entrepreneur that runs a hundred percent distributed company because you're virtual it's a different type of physical it's not a physical company so what's the biggest lesson you've learned man i I mean i i still i learned this lesson today even and it's that everything is figureoutable Ah, oh, you're just me like you like Marie Folio. <laughs> That's what yes, Marie Folio says this as well, and, yeah. and it and and it is everything you can figure out. Yeah, don't plan for every little detail. I mean, there's this thing where like no one even has a business plan today. It's just so irrelevant because not only is things moving so fast, but there are so many things that you don't know. You don't know. Yeah, and. There's two things that I would say there is number one, don't be afraid to start because there are so many things that people have before you have no no, no idea of, of doing. You, know, you hear the stories of Airbnb, you hear the stories of Richard Branson, you hear the stories of you know Elon Musk, whoever you respect. None of these guys actually knew what they were doing when they first started mm. and they figured it out along the way. So the, the biggest thing is number one, learn to ask for help. And find the people, surround yourself with the people that can can actually get you those best answers and resources possible. And then two is you have to figure out how to learn faster because if everything is out is figureoutable, then you want to be able to train yourself to absorb as much information and to continue learning as much as possible. So again, it, it all really goes back to learning, and you have to be a learning machine as you're going through this process, whether you're building a business or not, right? Maybe you want you maybe you don't want to start a business, but you want to go and book a one way ticket to go and live in South America or you want to go to Europe, but you don't have all the details figured out. Trust me, I have no idea. I had no idea what I was going to do when I arrived in Buenos Aires. And I'm sure neither did you when when you started traveling too, Teo. No. But <laughs> no, no. it all works out, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how do you this is the mission statement of the of the of the podcast and everything that I do. This is my why, essentially. Use your difference to make a difference. So how do you, Sean, use your difference to make a difference? I guess throughout my life I've had unique experiences of traveling around different places. I came in as an immigrant into Canada and uh, I've been fortunate enough to now travel different places around the world, but not only that, to be able to have and be in a position to run a company that is you know, in a fortunate position to connect people all around the world. And I really do think that coming from my own experiences and having spoken no English when I came to Canada and now trying to continue to build relationships with people here in Spain is languages is what connects humans. And it's, it's fundamentally the biggest barrier when it comes to problems, uh, when it comes to some of the biggest issues that we have around the world and the relationships that we're surrounding ourselves on a personal level. And it can also be one of the best things in the world that connects and builds beautiful relationships. And that's really what we're trying to do. And hopefully to be able to do it in a way that is not allowing you to sacrifice anything, but allows it to integrate into your own life. And hopefully we can bring this in a global scale and help make the world a better place through connecting through languages. 
Sean Kim is a boss, people. So uh, thank you for sharing. <laughs> thank you for sharing that. Where can we find you and uh, and you know your other exploits online? Yeah, uh, so you can find me at Hey Sean Kim. That's S E A N K I M. That's uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or you can visit uh, writeapp.com. So that's R Y P E app.com. All right, make sure I put that in the show notes. And thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a real pleasure. Uh, I'm a big fan of you, big fan of your work. So I really appreciate you taking the time while you're in Barcelona, even though Real Madrid is the best team. But anyways, uh, <laughs> oh, I'm a, first of all, I'm a Manchester United fan. Oh, huh? <laughs> no, I'm a Manchester United fan. That's my favorite team of all time. But if I was in La Liga, I'm definitely a Real Madrid person. But yes, I have some <laughs> beef with Barcelona. But uh, th- thank you. I really appreciate you spending the time and uh, look forward to interacting more and more. Uh, dude, I always love chatting with you. So thanks so much for having me on. Anytime. Ladies and gentlemen, Till next week, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.